It's beautiful. You know, just when I thought this country was about to go off a cliff, we're seeing some great rulings from the federal courts. Uh, this from the district court. You know that crazy policy? <laughs> really did. The Biden administration came up with it that they would withhold funds from public schools if biological boys who identified as girls were not allowed to use the girls' bathroom immediately. That's the kind of crazy stuff that's happening out there from this administration. And a federal court today said, no, you've gone too far. They've actually enjoined that means uh, restrain the I implementation of this crazy policy from the Biden administration. This is a huge win for sanity, for families. Schools should not have to deal with these issues. Forcing them down their throats, gender issues and transgender and who can try out for the girls team. How about girls, huh? How about girls? You can't expel anybody, and you shouldn't for these issues, but to accommodate them at this level, bathrooms, sports teams, schools have other things to worry about, right? Like education. This will, of course, drive the trans community a little bit nuts, and you know what they'll accuse people like me of. This idea that trans women are suddenly going to take over women's sport is an irrational fear of trans women, which is the dictionary definition of transphobia. This dog whistle for transphobia. It is necessary for us to address transphobia around the world. They legitimize homophobia and transphobia that leads to violence against LGBTQ plus people. This entire bill is rooted in homophobia in transphobia. It is also true that transphobia is a real problem. All right, I'm not transphobic. I am a little bit trans awkward because this crazy conversation with the pronouns has been forced on people, and it is a crazy conversation. Hi, I'm Jackson Bird. I'm a YouTuber and writer from New York City. My pronouns are he, him, his. Hello, everyone. My name is Francis Tolino. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Adam, and my pronouns are he, him, his. And I'm Asia. My pronouns are they, them, and theirs. All right. This is trans annoying. And that's a difference from transphobia. This is annoying and it is a waste of time. And it's they're forcing it on all aspects of society, even science. Do you know archaeological bones that were dug up uh, years ago? They're having a debate about what they should be named. A new school of thought within archaeology is pushing scientists to think twice about assigning gender to ancient human remains, arguing scientists cannot know how an ancient individual identified themselves. In other words, the famous Lucy, a homo sapien that lived three million years ago, her bones were found in 1974 in the Ethiopian mountains. Well, Lucy may have been transgender. They know Lucy was a female. But what was Lucy thinking about her gender? We don't want to call Lucy Lucy. We have to... Crazy stuff. Just as crazy, perhaps more so, though, Leah Thomas, the woman of the year. There is a push to make her the woman of the year, the NCAA woman of the year, nominated by the University of Pennsylvania. Leah Thomas, the swimmer, uh, was a man, I think, up until her sophomore year, then transi transitioned and started winning races like crazy. And there's Leah, which swimmer, in the middle, way, way, way in the lead. Once Leah started identifying as a woman, she literally blew the biological women out of the water. Is this transphobic? No, I think this is just trans annoyed because it's gone too far. 
and men cannot have children. That should not be a controversial statement, but believe it or not, it is. That individual is a biological woman who transitioned to manhood, so therefore they say men can have children. Josh Hawley was beautifully astonished by this revelation. I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? Denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm is denying that dangerous. trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so you are denying that trans people exist? Thank and that and by the way, why would a woman who transitions to a man go through the trouble of taking those hormones, of applying an artificial penis, yet keeping the uterus and having a child? So there are possibly two people like this in the entire country, and they're trying to rewrite federal policy around these two individuals. How did Joe Biden put it? All transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people, you're so brave. I want you to know your president has your back. President has your back. The presidents used to talk about much more important things, but this is his priority. And appointing individuals like Dr. Rachel Levine, he had to do it, I guess. He had to do it to appease the woke left. And look what we got. We really want to, 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 to base our treatment and, uh, and to uh, affirm and to uh, support and empower these youth, not to limit their participation in activities and sports, and even uh, uh, limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state. Gender affirmation treatment in their state. We won't limit the ability. Gender affirmation treatment for children. Sex change operations for children. That's Dr. Rachel Levine. And Rand Paul, he tried. He tried so hard. I give him so much credit putting the brakes. He tried to put the brakes on that crazy nomination. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field, uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. She was evasive on purpose because she knew the answers would horrify even some Democrats. Rand Paul, Dr. Rand Paul, thank you. But unfortunately, he could not stop her nomination. She was confirmed. And now that she safely has the job, she can come out and publicly say, yes, children who want to should have their breasts amputated right away, right away. But there are great people in this country who are saying no, like that judge in Tennessee. Sir, uh, well done. Well done. Uh, he probably doesn't want the credit, and he decided this on narrow legal lines, but that's fine. Also, well done. Those swimmers, the female swimmers, the biological female swimmers from the University of Pennsylvania, they've been through a lot, and they were outshined by that, that creep 
who showed up, Leah Thomas. They penned a beautiful letter to their administrators at the University of Pennsylvania. Some of what they brought up, and I think this is very powerful. We have been told that if we spoke out against Leah's inclusion into women's competitions, that we would be removed from the team or that we would never get a job offer. Wow. To be sidelined or beaten by someone competing with the strength, height, and lung capacity advantages that can only come with male puberty has been exceedingly difficult. These are great women. We support Leah's mental health, and we ask Penn and the Ivy League to support ours as well. Wow. One more. Sport is competitive by definition, and Leah's wins, records, and honors should not come at our expense. The women who have worked their entire lives to earn a spot on the Penn women's swimming team. Well, they're adding insult to injury, trying to make Leah Thomas the woman of the year. Knock yourselves out. You know who was another hero? Yeah, I actually like her. Caitlyn Jenner. And I'll tell you what I like about Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn does not make a big deal about her gender identity. She likes to talk about politics and aviation and sports doesn't talk, doesn't make her personal decision a big deal, and has come out and said that biological men should not be playing in women's sports, and has also said these decisions about permanently and irreversibly removing organs, kids should not be doing that. I like Caitlyn Jenner. I also like Peter Thiel. Remember him? Uh, brilliant technologist. He started uh, PayPal, I think, and made a bundle of money as a venture capitalist investor in Facebook. He talked about the good old days. When, when I was a kid, the great debate was about how to defeat the Soviet Union, and we won. Now we are told, now we are told that the great debate is about who gets to use which bathroom. This is a distraction from our real problems. Who cares? Well, Joe Biden and the crazy woke left, and they're even bigger now than they were in 2016. They are, they're not even embarrassed to be pushing this stuff. And they should be, they should be. And yes, I'm gonna call it the good old days when we had an American president who didn't stand up and talk about trans kids and sniff little kids, by the way, when they came out and said, America is capable of doing amazing things, and we will, and we will beat the Russians to the moon. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space. And none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. Eight years later, we did it. Eight years. Seems like a long time, but it's really not that long. Seven years ago, less than seven years ago, Donald Trump started running for president. Think of the stuff we could have gotten done if this country was so obsessed with the silly things and if they let Donald Trump have a little bit, a little bit of bandwidth to focus on the big things. By the way, going to the moon, we haven't been back since 1972. On this day in 1969, Apollo 11 was on its way to the moon 53 years ago. Yeah. And uh, I think that's amazing. I can't believe we haven't been back. I think about it all the time. 
And there's a movie that was made by NASA 50 years ago that you should see. It's called Moonwalk One. Moonwalk One. Very few people have heard of it. It's available on YouTube and a few other places. Take a look. This is their journey to the moon. The spacecraft rotates to keep from getting too hot on one side, too cold on the other. Delta VT, zero, zero, one at nine or seven. Those numbers, there were numbers for stars. That's how they navigated to the moon. Celestial navigation, looking at the stars like the sailors did hundreds of years ago. It's amazing. You know, I don't think we're ever going to do anything great again. We're not going to go to Mars. We're not going to go back to the moon. If we remain obsessed as a country, if the woke left doesn't drop this agenda, especially pushing it on children, we want these young kids to be scientists. We want them to change the world, not not this stuff. Stay with us. We're going to Minneapolis, where a brave woman stood up to the Black Lives Matter mob. Stay with us. Black Lives Matter, not according to the Black Lives Matter movement. They only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. Why do they care then, but not when, say, black kids kill other black kids? They can't make money. They can't enhance their power in those situations. But they can when the victim is black and the shooter is a white cop. And one of those situations happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Now, take a look at this guy. His name is Andrew Sundberg. Uh, In happier times, looks like a nice guy, but... Looks like he went nuts the other night and uh, opened fire at a neighbor's kitchen, shot several times. Um, The police showed up, tried to find a a settlement, a peaceful settlement. It wasn't able to be worked out. And they shot and killed him some six hours later. Now, the woman on the left, she was in the kitchen when it was fired upon and she was in there with her children. Her name is Arabella Foss Yarbrough. The Black Lives Matter mob showed up at her house saying that she, she's the villain. She's a victim, but they said she's a villain. She would not have it. Watch her speak out. And you're my idols because you guys are celebrating his life. It was a terror. I'm sure it was a terror. You're not okay. You're alive. Shut up. You want me to just let it go? This is not a George Floyd situation. George Floyd was unarmed. He was unarmed. You're alive. Now, she happens to be black, and they're saying just by calling the cops was somehow racist, somehow racist. There are reports that she may have lost her job amid all of this, like she shouldn't have called the cops, and she got a black man killed, this kind of nonsense. By the way, you notice some of the people in the Black Lives Matter uh, mob there? Uh, They're actually a couple of white people from the suburbs, and they're there to tell this woman how to defend or not defend her family. 
It's kind of amazing. If she did lose her job, though, it's kind of in sync with some of the crazy stuff that's been going on. If you post all lives matter on social media, depending upon the job you have and what your employer thinks, you could lose your job like this guy. Remember the sports announcer out there in California? Uh, some basketball players didn't like it. He lost his job. How about Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator for the uh, the Washington, what the hell are we calling them, the, command, the football club, the commanders? He just came out and said, look, January 6th happened, and uh, okay, we're investigating that. Maybe we should investigate the, the riots that took place in the summer of 2020. I mean, we didn't, but January 6th, it is a totally fair point, and he almost lost his job, had to pay a $100,000 fine. The mob is very dangerous. The mob on the street, the mob in the media, and there is a correct way to behave in their view. And if you don't, they will come after you. Hey, I learned something interesting about George Floyd, but we'll get to that in a moment. George Floyd uh, died two years ago. We all know the circumstances. I wish it did not happen. But you do know how rich George Floyd's family became after he uh, after they settled with the city, they're now worth twenty seven million dollars, which is a is a crazy sum. It just is. It's it's insanity. You know, they base these kinds of settlements on future earnings potential and that kind of thing. And they factor in a lot of their twenty seven million. That's a political decision. And George Floyd. Well, we did learn something about his uh, personal life that we'll share with you in the next block. Very interesting. Why was it held from us? some of the ways he made money during his life. Okay, now we have this. Dr. Fauci announces that he's retiring when Joe Biden leaves office. The headline says that Joe Biden, uh, he's going to be gone by February of 2025. Now, Joe Biden may leave earlier than that. I think he's going to resign next year. Fauci, will he leave earlier? Perhaps. I think that could happen. Just remember this, how wrong Fauci has been throughout well, everything. Going back to the AIDS crisis, he was wrong about a lot, but especially during COVID. I make people feel a little bit better. And Masks are protective. And we, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside of, 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 there? Of course. And, you do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. But good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. That if, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated. On for hours like this, all of the contradictions, the confusing talk. Uh, he did that on purpose, by the way, like a lot of bureaucrats. So he's going to leave. Let me see that headline one more time. By the end of 2025. There's something, by the way, kind of annoying about that. I just most people either get fired or they're given two weeks notice or they have to give two weeks notice that he can give how many years? Three, three years notice. He should be gone already. This has always annoyed me. Most people don't have the luxury of letting their boss know when they're going. Howard University professor. Yeah, he, he let everybody know that in two years he's going to be stepping down. I mean, people can get hired, fired in a lot less time. Who's to say? Who's to, and who's to say Fauci could possibly make it that long? I think he could be gone much sooner. The more we learn about him, especially 
if the Republicans take over in November. Okay. Ooh, and this. With few able and fewer willing, U.S. military can't find recruits. They are suffering big time inside this story. As of late June, it had recruited only about 40 percent of the roughly 57,000 new soldiers it wants to put in boots by September 30th, the end of the fiscal year. Wow, we're not going to make it. The military has pushed enlistment bonuses as high as $50,000. Well, why do you think people aren't signing up for the army? Well, the army used to be cool. You're reaching deep inside you. Oh, things you've never known. It's been tough, rough going, but you haven't gone alone. We do more before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. Hey, for a sergeant. Good morning. You can do it in the army. I love it. That guy's so cool. Doing all that stuff before nine in the morning. That's motivating. Now, it's not that motivating. It's not. And General Milley is in charge. I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. I think he's a major reason why recruiting is suffering so much right now. Uh, You know, the military used to be apart, kind of different from the civilian world, a refuge, if you will. Weren't consumed with the trivial, stupid political issues that everybody else was. It was pure. It was about defending the country. Not anymore. And we should all be proud that the vast majority of protests have been peaceful. Peaceful protest means that American freedom is working. About Black Lives Matter summer, calling those protests peaceful and being as partisan as any Democrat from Nevada. Crazy stuff. Um, Sorry, and this didn't help either. Losing a war. Yeah, we lost a war less than a year ago. Nobody ever talks about it anymore. It was a disgrace. Millie's responsible. He keeps his job. Go figure that people aren't lining up to join the military. Now it's time for an AOC update. This hysterical woman who only fights for herself. Oh, she's got a huge ego. Very, very sensitive person. You know, they're talking about her actually running for president in 2024. It could happen. She might get the VP spot. Who knows? But she's... (laughs) I don't think she's cut out for this line of work. So some guy named Stein uh, showed up at the Capitol. He's a funny guy. He's funny. And I'm sorry. I mean, it's unfortunate what he says, but it's still funny. Here he is kind of sexually harassing AOC. He doesn't touch her. He doesn't come near her. But it's just kind of wild to see somebody talk like this and talk like this to her. I'm sorry. I was amused by it. Go ahead. AOC, my favorite big booty Latina. I love you, AOC. You're my favorite. She wants to kill babies, but she's still beautiful. You look very beautiful in that dress. You look very sexy. Look at that booty on AOC. That's my favorite big booty Latina. I love it. My favorite AOC. Nice to meet you, AOC. Look how sexy she looks in that dress. Woo, I love it, AOC. Hot, hot, hot like a tamale. All right, we're not supposed to talk like this. I know, and nobody should. But somehow, I I got a kick out of it. And even funnier is AOC's over-the-top reaction. 
You heard what he said. You heard how he said it. He was some distance away. Listen to what she thinks. I'm here in the Capitol. Um, see this guy right there? Right there. He, when I was walking up, um, he said, hey, look at that big ass. Look at that big, juicy booty. This Latina, like whatever. You know, all the bunch of racist, sexist stuff. This institution is not designed to protect And it's really hard and it's really sad that my only recourse is to just let you know about it. I think the thing that was so crazy about that incident is not even that it happened, but that it happened on the Capitol steps right in front of a Capitol police officer. And this dude was engaged like this wasn't about a political opinion protest or anything like that. He was engaged in very clearly sexually threatening, aggressive behavior right in front, on the Capitol steps in front of an officer. And he wasn't even asked to take a step back. Here she is basically lying about what happened to her, sexually threatening. He didn't threaten her. Look, he was crude. He was being a jerk. But no, and you're a public figure. I mean, you got to roll with it a little bit. You're angry at the Capitol Hill cops. What were they supposed to do? You're allowed to be heckled. You're a politician. It happens. Ask Hillary Clinton some of the stuff they say to her when she walks around. And if you want to be mad at somebody, uh, you should be mad at your fiance. See the guy with the green shirt? Yeah, that's uh, his name is Riley. Uh, he's engaged to AOC, and he's busy walking a French bulldog. Take a look. He's just... He's just totally fine. I mean, he could defend her honor. He could get involved. But no, look at him. He's oblivious to everything. Look at him go by here. He knows what's happening. Who brings a French bulldog to work, by the way? What's that all about? Huh? There he goes up the stairs. Not a care in the world. There he goes. Um, all right. So AOC, I think you should work it out at home, not blame the cops or anybody else. But notice how she tried to make a spectacle out of herself again. She fights for herself, not her constituents, and not America. Okay, uh, stay with us. George Floyd, uh, rest in peace, wish he were still alive, and he's a civil rights icon, right? Why don't we know certain things about his background? I already know he was a criminal, but did you know that he had, well, a brief career in pornography? He did. We'll be right back. the go and need news now no paywalls no cable subscriptions just download the newsmax app from your smartphone store it's free and watch newsmax tv anytime anywhere all All i can can say say is that the fake fake news just doesn't get get it do they they really don't they think we're babies they think that we can't handle the truth and they ignore facts that are uncomfortable or that undermine Whatever story, whatever fairy tale they want to tell. And quite frankly, a lot of fairy tales have been told about George Floyd. Now, George Floyd died. We all know how horrible circumstances. I wish that had not happened. I wish George Floyd was still alive. He did not deserve to die, not for stealing a $20 bill. However, there were other factors, the fentanyl in his system, uh, COVID, uh, the panic attack he had before Officer Chauvin put his knee on his neck, which bizarrely, was an authorized maneuver by the Minneapolis police. The knee on the neck was considered a restraint, and it's in 
their own manual. Crazy stuff. I didn't put it there, but it's there. And George Floyd now is ultra famous. He's a historical figure. And statues have been unveiled. George Floyd statues. They have been unveiled. They're still being unveiled all over the country. So if he's that important, if he's that significant in American history, I think we really should know everything about him. The good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. And I don't know if this is good or bad. It's just a fact. But we believe that George Floyd has uh, had a short career in pornography. He actually was in pornographic, uh, a pornographic movie that you can find quite easily on the Internet. Now, does this mean anything? Not really, but I'm just surprised that this was held back from us. I mean, if anyone else who achieved this level of fame, even posthumously, I think we would know about such a chapter. But they don't let us or they don't want to talk about it. I don't think it diminishes him, actually. Pornography is not necessarily taboo anymore. But his funeral was treated as, well, as if he were a head of state. A lot of folks, this rubbed the wrong way because, you know, COVID funerals, they didn't happen. And yet presidents turned out for this one. And there wasn't just one funeral. There were about four. So what's the significance again? I don't know, but I kind of think we should know. And no judgment. I mean, Kim Kardashian is now the most successful woman in the world. And her career was jump-started by a sex tape. Same arguably goes for Paris Hilton. I think we should know everything about these people who are exceedingly historic, like like our presidents, like George Floyd. You know, Derek Chauvin, we know everything about him. I know about the real estate he held in Florida. I know about his mother. I even know that his wife, his ex-wife, Mrs. Chauvin, was a, a Mrs. Minnesota in some beauty contest. So I think it's okay that I think we should be told. I think it should be part of the conversation. You can look up a hundred profiles in the New York Times and Washington Post about George Floyd and not find this this one chapter of his life, which doesn't really change anything, but it's there. Does that make sense? I hope so. Stay with us. We'll be right back. News breaks every minute. Every day, you need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. President Trump with his physician, that's White House physician, Ronnie Jackson. He is now a member of Congress, a Republican from Texas. Uh, and he has a new book. Let's put it up, please. Holding the Line, A Lifetime of Defending Democracy and American Values. Yes, you know, when he was the physician at the White House, he's also an admiral in the United States Navy. He served 24 years in the Navy. Congressman Jackson, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? Congratulations on the book. It comes out officially next Tuesday. That's right. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate you having me. So um, the story behind the story, what is it like being the White House physician? That's probably the most unique job for a doctor anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's a great privilege. You get to travel all over the world, fly all over the world on Air Force One and on Marine One. You uh, 
you, you get to uh, be, uh, you know, witness to history. You're, you're with the president all the time. I mean, literally in the elevator, uh, you know, on the airplane, uh, in the holds, uh, just wherever he's at, you're just a few steps away. You overhear a lot of really uh, interesting conversations, I would say. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's a real privilege to be able to take care of the commander in chief. And I was lucky enough to be able to do it for uh, Bush, Obama and Trump. I was there for 14 years. I had that job. So, yeah, I miss it. Bush, Obama and Trump. Now, you're famous for uh, extolling the health virtues of Donald Trump. You did so publicly, and a lot of people are like, oh, man, you're overdoing it. But actually, let's face it, he is a very unique specimen. I mean, anybody can see that. He is 76 years old. He has the energy of a, of a 16-year-old. I don't think you are – do me a favor. Tell us about his health, if you don't mind. No, he's in great health. And people will wonder, like, well, why is he so healthy? Because, you know, he famously doesn't have a really great diet and he, he doesn't exercise much, uh, you know, other than playing golf and whatnot. But uh, you got to look at the, you know, his whole life. I mean, during throughout his life, he never drank. He never smoked. He, he led a pretty healthy life overall compared to a lot of folks. And so I think that he's uh, reaping the rewards of, uh, of a healthy life early on. And he was in great shape. I mean, I put him on the treadmill, did a cardiac stress test on him. He knocked it out of the water. I mean, he, he was in the top 10% of, of everyone in his age. I mean, he, he did extremely well in his cardiac stress test. And he, um, he just, you know, he, he's, he's in great, great health, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, and I didn't overdo it, Greg. I'll, I'll point out that, you know, I was very thorough in briefing his physical exam, something we have not seen from the doctor at the White House right now with regards to the Biden, uh, with regards to President Biden. We need that right now. We need somebody to stand up in front of the camera right now and answer some questions about President Biden and his health. And that hasn't happened. When you were at the Obama White House, did you uh, did you treat Vice President Biden or were you strictly for the president? I was strictly for the president. I oversaw the uh, the medical team, the physician, and the medical team administratively that took care of him. But I didn't participate in his in his health care. I didn't examine him and he, he wasn't my responsibility. So I didn't really have any medical oversight of him, just oversight of the officers, the, the, the physicians and the nurses that were taking care of him were part of the White House medical unit, which I was in charge of. So I think we have a tweet and I think this is in your book. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'd love to ask you about it if it's in the book. You were you raised questions about Vice President Biden's after he left office when he was a candidate, his mental acuity, which makes a hell of a lot of sense. We can all see it. Remember the cognitive test I gave Trump? The one he ate sounds like somebody else might need some testing done. <laughs> Scary. You're talking about you're talking about Joe Biden, correct? That's right. Now, yeah, Barack Obama sees this tweet. And I have the email here. Do you mind if we go through it? Because I think it's pretty fascinating. No, read it. Yeah, it'd be great. All right, here we go. He, but before we do that, go ahead and put it down. How long after the tweet did he reach out to you via email? It was probably 20 to 30 minutes. It was quick. I mean, I just sent it out. I was driving to a campaign event, and I was almost there. And before I got there, I got his email. So it was quick. And how, how did you get along with Barack Obama? I got along with him fine. I mean, on a personal level, he treated me well, and uh, he was easy to take care of. I, I was blessed with working for three great families, to be honest with you. I didn't agree with anything President Obama did politically his entire eight years, but my job wasn't political. I was on active duty taking care of the commander-in-chief, no different than the pilot that flies Air Force One or the, the commander at Camp David or the Secret Service agents that protect him. I was protecting and, and, and taking care of uh, the, uh, the, uh, the president of the United States, uh, the man and, and the office. And uh, so, but, but I got along with him on a personal level just fine. And we, we you know, we, uh, I had a, 
I had a pretty good personal relationship with all three of the presidents. And so. it seems that way because he writes an email, but he's angry, but he's, well, let's put it up. Dear Ronnie, we haven't spoken in a while. I hope you and your family are well. I have made a point of not commenting on your service in my successor's administration and have always spoken highly of you in public, both in public and private. You always serve me and my family well, and I have considered you not only a fine doctor and service member, but also a friend. That's why I have to express my disappointment at the cheap shot you took at Joe Biden via Twitter. It was unprofessional and beneath the office that you once held. It was also disrespectful to me and the many friends you had in our administration. You were the personal physician to the president of the United States, as well as an admiral in the U.S. Navy. I expect better, and I hope upon reflection that you will expect more of yourself in the future. Signed, Barack Obama, February 25th, 2020. Um, a couple of things. I find it kind of wild that he wrote, but your reaction when you got that? Well, you know, to be honest with you, Greg, I, I had mixed emotions about it. I, I it kind of it caught me by surprise, and it was a little bit of a combination between being a little, uh, a little upset, a little angry, maybe a little pissed off about it, and also kind of having my feelings hurt just a little bit because, like I said, I did have a, uh, you know, a, a kind of a, a, I had a pretty tight relationship with all of the presidents, and so I, I didn't really know how to respond to it, to be honest with you. I was about, I was almost at this campaign event, and I thought to myself, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write him back, yeah. and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do the campaign event first, and then when I come out, I'm actually going to pick the phone up, and I'm going to call him, and I'm going to talk to him about it. So I went in the campaign event. I was pretty distressed. Uh, but by the time it was over, I, I, I had settled down a little bit. I walked out and I thought, you know what, before I call him, I'm going to call and talk to somebody who I think would understand the position I'm in and get their, get the, you know, get their advice on this. Did you, so get the, did you get Barack Obama on the phone? I didn't. I didn't call him okay. because I was about to, but I called Dan Bongino first because Dan and I had worked closely together at the White House. He was a Secret Service agent yeah. in the Obama administration. He knew. I figured Dan would know kind of exactly the way I was feeling about it, you know, because m- most people wouldn't understand the emotions I was kind of going through. I called Dan, and Dan was like, Ronnie, here's the deal. You don't owe that guy anything. You don't owe him crap. Did he pick the phone up? Did he do anything to help you when you were being butchered during your uh, nomination for the Secretary of Veterans Affairs? He didn't do a dang thing to help you. And he said, uh, you know, he could have picked the phone up and made one phone call and it would be put, put it all to bed because he knew it was yeah. all BS, but he let it go. And so I, I, I thought about it and I thought, you know what, Dan's right. I don't really owe this guy anything. And I just let it go. I never replied to it. Congressman Jackson, I just pre-ordered the book on Amazon. I look forward to getting it. And if we cross paths here in New York, I'd love for you to sign it, but I'll have it read by the time I meet you, Holding the Line, A Lifetime of Defending Democracy and American Values by Ronnie Jackson. I really am enjoying reading back, Greg. these. There's a lot of great stories in there. Yeah, I, I, indeed. And uh, the stuff you've seen and the guys you've worked for, it's pretty wild. Thank you, Congressman. Looking forward to it. Come back soon, and we'll be right back. And what Trump's going to do is just declare victory, right? He's going to declare victory. And, but and that doesn't mean he's the winner. He's just going to say he's the winner. The Democrats, more of our people vote early that count. Theirs vote in mail. And so they're going to have a natural disadvantage, and Trump's going to take advantage of it. That's our strategy. He's going to declare himself a winner. So when you wake up Wednesday morning, it's going to be a firestorm. Wow. Wow. You hear what Steve Bannon said? That's in October of 2020 that Trump is going to declare victory. Wow. That's it, huh? Smoking gun evidence of nothing. January 6th committee thinks this is a big deal. Take a look. 
if you look at the president's statements, even months prior to the election, he started saying, if we lose, it's because it's going to be stolen. Steve Bannon is an agent of chaos. Steve Bannon, in his own words, believes you have to basically burn the system down to rebuild it and fix it. What he's saying right there is very clearly him saying, no matter what, we're declaring victory. And that is a violation of everything we have to hold dear in a constitution. It's a violation of everything we hold dear, everything we hold dear, except when Hillary Clinton says the exact same thing. Hillary Clinton's advice to Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And eventually, I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch. No circumstances whatsoever. Oh, this is so undermining for our democracy. Wow. When she says it, it's just fine. Something very, very unfair has been going on. Ooh, Hunter Biden. You know, we've been wondering around here, why has he been showing up at the White House? He's been conspicuously present at the White House at the Easter egg roll. Uh, Here he is on July 4th. And then at the Medal of Freedom ceremony, for some reason, he was there working the room. And I actually said out loud last week, why is he showing up at the White House all of a sudden? This is doesn't make sense. I mean, they have been really you never saw him during the campaign. They're embarrassed by him. He brings a host of problems. Well, we figured out today why he's been showing up. They wanted to get ahead of this story. The Hunter Biden laptop shows dozens of meetings with dad and business partners and 30 of those meetings at the White House. Hunter Biden met with his father at least 30 times at the White House or the vice president's residence, often just days after he returned home from overseas business jaunts. This is between 2009 and 2016. How about that? Doesn't it make sense now that Hunter, in a very visible way, would start showing up and working the room. They knew this story was coming, and they want to make it look like, oh, this is totally fine. He shows up all the time, even though every time he shows up, people start wondering about him and the arrangements and the problems. See how they work? Yeah. Hey, stay with us. One more thing to run by you. So is there something in your life that you're doing too much of that you know you should back away from? Well, I'm here to say if you make the decision, your life is going to improve. I was uh, tweeting a bit too much. I've taken a step back. Somebody else is running my account now. It's not as interesting, but my mind is it just feels better. Okay, I'm sleeping better, too. I don't know if there's something in your life that's keeping you up at night or maybe hyper-stimulated. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Thanks so much. I'll see you tomorrow night. All the best.